Frank Legend with us. Busy news day. I'm beginning to think more and more. I think Drudge is right. It's Elizabeth Warren's to lose. But we'll have to wait, watch, see what happens in all of that. We're going to go through a little bit of Elizabeth Warren's record. You know, there's a reason the president calls her Pocahontas. And the reason is, is she's lied and she lied repeatedly. And she lied after she was exposed for lying. And then when she finally does an ancestry test, which I have done in my life, came back 100% British Isle. They said that was rare to be 100%, but I kind of suspected it, considering all four of my grandparents came from Ireland, two counties. What's remarkable about it is they met in the United States, one pair of grandparents. They lived just blocks away from each other, or very short distance, we'll put it that way. Um, it's great stuff. You get to know all that stuff. Um, we have, so we'll hit that today. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because the media does not deserve all the time that we probably spend on them because I think they've just exposed themselves to be the fools that they are. The latest example, greatest example is, of course, the New York Times running with a report about Justice Kavanaugh having, you know, rubbed his personal private parts on this person, but the person has no recollection whatsoever that anything like that ever happened none and the third party that says it happened and that they're counting on happening uh is somebody that has a staunch political agenda apparently working williams Connolly, and also yeah involved in the clinton impeachment issue how ironic so now we've got the same corrupt lying news media that have lied, smeared, slandered, besmirched, used character assassination every single solitary day against Trump or anybody who likes Trump. You know, even going after a 16-year-old kid named Nicholas Sandman. Why? Because he wears a MAGA hat. They see a 15-second clip, and they want to believe what they want to believe because that kid wore a MAGA hat. They had to believe that, that he was the racist. No, him and his fellow students were the victims of racism by the black Hebrew Israelites that were using all sorts of of taunts and and racial uh, exchanges with the students. And he stood up as a leader and said, no, don't respond. Don't respond. Don't respond. And it's just the opposite of what the media reports is that, well, and then he walked up to and tried to intimidate a Native American who was protesting Nathan Phillips. No, that story fell apart, too. But they kept going and going and going hour after hour, day after day. Even when it was corrected, they kept going, you know, calling this 16 year old kid a racist Trump supporter, racist Trump supporter. This is what they do. The only the only problem they have in this case, and that would be fake news, CNN, that would be Roswell, Rachel's MSDNC, the conspiracy channel, is that. All of a sudden now the facts come out, the truth comes out, and they're going to be paying big time. Washington Post, same story. And I don't think that Lynn Wood is even done. I don't think he's, it's probably, there's probably more going on behind the scenes where people are dying to pay, but not tell anybody or admit any wrongdoing. That's how they do these deals. You pay, but you don't admit wrongdoing. And, you know, sometimes that's true, but... Uh, in this case, it's a slam dunk case. They slandered, they smeared. This is what they do every day to everybody that likes Donald Trump. What do you think they mean when they say smelly and smell the the Walmart Trump supporters? 
What do you think they're doing and saying in that statement? Well, first of all, if you shop at Walmart, I happen to believe you're smart. I've shopped at Walmart many times in my life. Why? Because you can get the same products at great prices. And the second thing is they've got everything at Walmart. Anything you can want, you can get at Walmart, especially the super Walmarts. You can get everything. You even get groceries now, super Walmarts. It's great. Um, I happen to like those stores. I like Costco's. They give free samples. I like Costco's free samples. I I purchased products because I tasted the free samples. Remember, I went one time and they had a cheesesteak that they, you know, they're they're just cooking away, cooking away. And I like had one piece. Oh, this is good. And I take another piece. This is really good. And the lady's looking at me. Would you like me to just feed you lunch here? And you can even go in and just get, you know, a hot dog and a Coke at some of these places or a pizza. And it's like two, three bucks. It's insane. The best deal you'll ever get. And it really is good food if you like junk food like I do. Um. I know my buddy Clark Howard, the broadcaster uh, out of Atlanta. I mean, Clark Howard brags about going to these stores to eat. And he even bought his wife's engagement ring at Costco. I mean, because they sell that, too. And it wasn't a cheap ring, but it was cheaper because of where he got it. And you got to give him credit for being smart with his money. Money's hard to come by. Anyway, but what are they saying when they say a smelly Walmart Trump supporters or irredeemable deplorables or bitter, angry Americans that cling to their God, their guns, their religion? What do they say? They're putting the heart and soul of the country down because they do think that for whatever reason, they, I, they don't like us. You know, if you believe as you think as a conservative, you like Donald Trump, you like his fighting style. And maybe you don't like everything about his style, but you like the fact that he gets results and that he's fighting to get results. And you kind of say, well, I wish you would just turn the switch off the switch that, let's see, uh, got hostages home with North Korea that stopped the firing of missiles over Japan every other day. They got the remains back from the Korean War in the 50s. And what did the president did he bribe the North Koreans like Bill Clinton did? No, it was a good deal for the American people. No, it was a disaster. Is he bribing the Iranians? No, he doesn't bribe them either. Is he threatening and saying that we're locked and loaded? Oh, yeah, he's saying we're locked and loaded. And then the president fights, you know, kept his promise on the Supreme Court, kept his promise on taxes, kept his promise on deregulation, keeping his promise at the border. President now got permission for the next 70 miles. He's saying by the end of at this time next year, we'll have 400 miles of wall built and on top of the repairs that have taken place. So you know that there is this this contempt, I, and I stand by this. I don't know whatever Donald Trump does, they're after him. With all that we have been through, though, you would think that the corrupt media in this country would maybe be a little more cautious. Nope. Washington Post. You see what happens is one one outlet reports, and then the other outlet says, as reported on NBC. As reported on ABC, as reported in the Washington Post, New York Times, as reported on CBS, as reported on conspiracy television, Roswell, Rachel Maddow's network, uh, MSDNC, as reported. They just it's circular reporting. They just now they cite the one place that went with the story. It doesn't matter. They didn't check it themselves to see if it's true. They just cite the other source. And we get this all the time. Now that this again, it happens, an anonymous intelligence community whistleblower story person now says he absolutely had to go public when he found out that President Trump made a sort of dangerous secret promise 
to a, we don't know what the promise is, but it's dangerous and it's secret, to a so far unidentified foreign leader. And by the way, they really cared about that. They might have cared when they, Obama said, tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election. Tell him, okay? In other words, no, I'm not going to tell the people what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell them, but you tell Vladimir, once I get reelected, we can do what we really want to do. That sounds like a secret promise to me, to an identified foreign leader. Some strange reason, the same ever-vigilant whistleblower apparently stayed as quiet as a mouse when Obama promised, tell Vladimir after the election, okay? Tell him, this is between us now, after the election, you tell him I'll have more flexibility to do this stuff, okay? Yeah, they didn't pay any attention to that. That wasn't a story for them. But now they're now they're just so concerned about everything. Washington Post runs with the story. Phone call between President Trump and some unnamed foreign leader offering some unnamed promise regarded as so troubling that it prompted an official in the U.S. intelligence community to file a formal whistleblower complaint. So nobody has it. Now, the president says he didn't promise anything. No idea what this person is talking about. Now, in light of the fact that they spied on Trump by using Hillary's dirty, unverified Russian dossier, and that's a fact, and now knowing that there was a lot of outsourcing of intelligence gathering by our intelligence community under Obama, now knowing that a counterintelligence operation was being run out of the Obama White House against Donald Trump, And now knowing he was spied on in a multitude of ways, one being Carter Page and the FISA warrant, uh, the other being, you know, abroad and trying to, you know, use foreign spies to discover stuff about Trump. You got to wonder, how did the intel community get this information? Remember when Chucky Schumer, he was on with Roswell Rachel, Rachel Conspiracy Theorist Maddow on MSDNC, the propaganda arm for the extreme radical leftist socialist Democrats. And this is what Chucky Schumer said. President-elect's latest latest unsolicited pronouncement on the intelligence community. This was his tweet just a little while ago tonight. You see the scare quotes there. The intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. But he's, he's taking these... Shots, this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community. Take them on. Six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. Six ways and so Sunday. even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. What do you think the intelligence community would do if they were motivated I don't know, to? but I, from what I am told, what they would are they do? very That's upset a good question. how he has treated them good and job. talked about them. Roswell, Rachel, Maddow, conspiracy theorist, and Chucky Schumer. They'll get you six ways in Sunday. Is that how our intelligence community treats we the people? They'll get you six ways in Sunday. If they don't like you, if they don't like what you say, if they don't like who you are, if they don't like your politics, our intelligence community will turn on a president, on American citizens. Is that what Chuck Schumer just admitted in that interview? Because it sounds an awful lot like that. Well, that doesn't sound like the United States of America to me. I would expect our intelligence community, and I would actually even venture a guess that the 99.9% of Americans that we entrust with the powerful tools of intelligence gathering 
They do the hard, dangerous work of protecting us against enemies uh, abroad every day. I wouldn't expect them to turn those powerful tools on the American people. So I want to know how the intelligence community got this anonymous, you know, whistleblower information in the first place. Let's start there. Then we'll find out who he was talking to and what the so-called promise was. And my guess at the end of the day is it's not what you think it is. And my guess at the end of the day is somebody probably has a political agenda. Or there's an even more nefarious outcome in this, and that would be somebody in the intelligence community, maybe, possibly, it's happened before now, hasn't it? Maybe he was listening in on something they shouldn't have been listening in on. How else did they know? All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, all right, Intel source, anonymous whistleblower, charge the president made some unknown promise to some unknown leader and yeah the media corrupt media mob lines up as usual they're a it's a mob it's a mob mentality it's a mob mindset you think they would it's only gonna get worse you think what happened to kavanaugh is is gonna be the last of it no you know, Joy Behar, Joyless Behar, murderers, pimps behave better than the Trump administration officials. Like, OK, over there on uh, the conspiracy network, uh, MSDNC, Roswell, Rachel Maddow's conspiracy channel and uh, Nicole Wallace. I don't know what happened to Nicole Wallace. Newer during the Bush years, he ran McCain and Palin's campaign. You know, if you both if you look at where she stands now, you're like, hello, what happened? Well, it's something happened. <laughs> Some major change. It's sort of like the liberal Joe metamorphosis. Um, but anyway, take the guns or give terrorized American children mental health care. Here's the deal. That's not an ad. That's life yeah, it is. for the, those kids. And you talk to people in the mental health universe, childhood and pediatric anxiety is through the roof. If you're going to say I'm not taking the guns off the streets, I'm not taking the guns from the people who have no, you know, a, a mass shooter doesn't have any hesitation walking in and carrying out their mass shooting. In a, it's not just about an ad and an intractable debate. If we're not going to take the guns away, then we should be plussing up mental health services for young kids who are terrorized. Later in this program today, we're going to interview Andy Pollack. Andy is the father of Meadow Pollock. She was murdered by Nicholas Cruz in the Parkland shooting in Florida. He wrote a book, Why Meadow Died, the people and policies that created the Parkland shooter and endanger America's students. And in this book, by the way, all of the signs were there. Every one of them. But anyway, the mob is not going to change. They are who they are. Um, Intel sources claiming Trump made this. All right. Secret promise, secret person. We don't know anything. How did they find out? Horowitz gave us some insight into where he's going with James Comey. He confirmed yesterday to Congress that he recommended criminal prosecution for Comey. He also agreed yesterday to investigate whether Comey lied to Congress. Um, there's Judicial Watch new findings out today. We'll tell you about when we get back. Relationship between Christopher Steele and top Obama State Department officials we never knew about. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800 941. Sean, you want to be a part of this extravaganza? And there's a lot to talk about. You know, um, all right, so if Matt Drudge is right, pretty smart guy, um, knows politics, everybody reads the Drudge Report every day. 
If he's right, it's Elizabeth Warren's to lose, meaning the nomination for the Democratic Party. Well, Elizabeth Warren's kind of skating through a lot of interviews and a lot of issues that are going to come into the forefront. Now, like every other candidate, you, you know, look, I hate to say it, but I mean, you get the scrutiny is, you know, beyond the pale. We've seen this with President Trump, even on issues that are not true. That, but look, if it's anything like 07 and 08, we're going to be the ones pretty much out there alone by ourselves with a few others in talk radio and and on Fox that do the vetting of Elizabeth Warren. I'm, I've already just accepted the fact that all right. And, and I'm actually glad in some ways because I get to fill a niche of void that is otherwise left by the 99 plus percent in the corrupt media mob. But, you know, she's going to have to. There's a reason why the president calls her Pocahontas. You know, we got video going back now of Elizabeth Warren defending the, her Native American heritage with the. Oh, well, uh, my my grandfather this is in 2012. Just to give you a timeline on this, my grandfather had high cheekbones. My aunt B has walked uh, walked by that picture at least a thousand times. Remarked that her father, my papa, her exact quote, had high cheekbones like all of the Indians do because that's how she saw it, and she said that your mother got those same great cheekbones, and I didn't. She thought this was the bad deal she had gotten in life. That's how she came to her conclusion before the ancestry test. That's how far back this goes. Elizabeth Warren, you may remember, you know, the, the, what were you saying, Jason? Did I hear you in my ear? Oh, all right. Well, let's go to cut 21. Let's play. Hi, this is Elizabeth Warren. The president likes to call my mom a liar. What do the facts say? The facts suggest that you absolutely have a Native American ancestor in your pedigree. I hear all this, you know, well, this is class warfare, this is whatever. No, there is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there. Good for you. But I want to be clear. You moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. I support a Green New Deal that will aggressively tackle climate change, income inequality, and racial injustice. Yeah, in fact, I got a lot of plans, so let me just mention a few. How about a wealth tax on the top one-tenth of one percent? We can cancel student loan debt. We can provide universal child care and pre-K. Would you be Massachusetts' first Native American senator? I would be their first senator so far as I know who has Native American heritage. Senator Warren, would you put limits on uh, any limits on abortion? I would make certain that every woman has access to the full range of reproductive health care services, and that includes birth control, it includes abortion. I grew up in Oklahoma. I learned about my family from my family. And um, based on that, that's that's just kind of who I am, and I do the best I can with it. Nothing I ever did or my family played any role in any job I ever got. We think about health care as a basic human right, 
Having a decent and safe place to live should be a, a human, a basic human right. Senator Warren, you signed on to Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan. It would put essentially everybody on Medicare and then eliminate private plans that offer similar coverage. Is that the plan or path that you would pursue as president? So, yes, I'm with Bernie on Medicare for All. So the way that this is written is to say, first of all, going to tax all your assets wherever located around the globe. My mom and dad uh, were very much in love with each other, and they wanted to get married. And my father's parents said, absolutely not. You can't marry her because she's part Cherokee and she's part Delaware. I am not a tribal citizen. I told Chief Baker that I am sorry that I extended confusion about tribal citizenship and tribal sovereignty and for harm caused. I am also sorry for not being more mindful of this uh, decades ago. I am a strong supporter of the Green New Deal. Capitalism without rules is theft. No, the theft would be her wealth tax. Another bite at the apple because you save too much money. So. Listen closely, you know, first ever Native American. My grandfather had high cheekbones and you get somebody to say you absolutely. Well, okay, maybe she does one one thousand and twenty four. Does that allow you then to let's see? She had a pow, wow, chow, Cherokee cookbook with recipes, you know, with word for word copies of famous French chef techniques. Uh, Oopsie daisy. Yeah, Warren under fire claiming this Indian lineage that went on for years and years and years, despite any documentation, is identified as Elizabeth Warren Cherokee under each of the five recipes she contributes in the the cookbook published in 1984 by the Five Civilized Tribe Museum uh, that printed this book. Uh, the Washington Post pointed out that yeah, Elizabeth Warren listed race as American Indian on the Texas bar registration in 1986. Uh, excuse me, not true. You know why? My grandmother said that. My aunt B said that. Oh, uh, my grandfather had high cheekbones. That's that's my Native American heritage. Anyway, the reporting on this now that's going to become a bigger problem for her. Also, if you dig even deeper, is you got the Harvard Law News director begins touting her as the first woman of color to be given tenure at the institution at Harvard Law. And some of the references to her minority status, 1996, the spokesperson, news director in the Harvard Law School, Michael uh, Trumra, identified Warren as a Native American professor in the Harvard Crimson. 1997 in Fordham Law Review, he touts her as touts Warren as Harvard Law's first woman of color. In a letter to The New York Times, he states that the law school at Harvard had appointed eight women, including a Native American. Three days later, the Crimson reiterated that Harvard Law, Harvard Law School has only one tenured minority woman, Gottlieb, uh, Professor Elizabeth Warren, Native American. 1999, Harvard begins pushing its affirmative action plan on its website and lists a single Native American professor. You guessed it, Elizabeth Warren. Public reports continue to list a single Native American professor at the school intermittently until 2011. 
Um, now, if it's one one sixty fourth, one one thousand twenty fourth, it just doesn't exist. It's like Elizabeth Warren, you know. All right, so she now transfers some ten point four million dollars in leftover funds from her twenty eighteen Senate campaign, and you know, lying about her heritage—that's a problem. But she's also running a grassroots campaign. She says that's a hundred percent grassroots funded. Well, the money she transferred, the ten point four million, yeah, a portion of that raised from the same donor class she's now running against. CNBC reporting 2012-18 election cycles. Yeah, also there. Warren took a hundred grand from lobbyists, including a lobbyist for a convicted war criminal. You know, the same Elizabeth Warren that had just announced she wants to ban lobbyists from making political contributions. So Elizabeth Warren has a problem with something called the truth. She's got another problem. Now, you can bet that the president who calls her Pocahontas for a reason. I mean, this wasn't once. This was being touted and sold and represented, even by Harvard, that she was a Native American, that she was a minority. We're going back as far as 1986. Remember, it's only recently because it was becoming such an issue and a distraction in her campaign. Oh, I'll just say that Ancestry says I'm anywhere between this range and one 1,024th Native American. Anyway, if for those people that do these tests, you know, one 1,024? Yeah, it doesn't fly. Um, During a speech that she gave in Washington Square Park on Monday, Warren hailed a a person, woman, Frances Perkins. It's a woman's workers' rights activist after the deadly 1911 Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. Anyway, Perkins had a less admirable, well-known legacy later in life. Perkins, who she cited this week, well, was a critic of Brown versus Board of Education. That's the Supreme Court decision that outlawed segregation in public schools, which she called terrible. Quote, Americans, she said at the time of the 54 decision, quote, should be nice to African-Americans, but not necessarily have to go to school with them. Uh, Warren didn't want to talk publicly about this, considering her own harsh criticism of sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe 30330 over his praise of segregationist Southern senators and his position on integration in schools. I'm not here to criticize other Democrats. It's never okay to celebrate segregationists. Never Warren went after Biden after his racial gaffes. But despite her never warning, well, she extolled Perkins' activism after the factory fire. You know, Francis pushed from the inside. And she said of Perkins, who later served as labor secretary under FDR, doesn't have exactly the best record on that issue with the internment camps. But anyway, Perkins became the first woman in history to serve in the cabinet. And what did she do to get there? Big structural change. That's what she says. And Perkins also thought that the high court's desegregation decision was, quote, terrible. I think it's terrible. It was purely a political decision. I think it should never have been made. I do indeed. I don't know how they got it. That was Perkins saying of the Brown versus Board of Education. I mean, Earl Warren is a very diplomatic fellow and he talked him into it. But there's more to be said on it uh, than they did. That was an interview. That's the person she admires. That's the person who she's quoting. That's the person she's following. So if you look, you know, so now look at the list of promises that Elizabeth Warren is making here and then add up the dollars. The Green New Deal. Oh, that's ninety four trillion dollars. 
Medicare for all with no private insurance. Uh, the, uh, that's another, what, $35, $40 trillion. Uh, it's going to cost every American. I can give you the exact numbers, an awful lot of money. I can tell you that. We've been giving out these numbers on a regular basis, and I don't think America can afford any of the socialism that they, the Democrats, are peddling on a daily basis. As a matter of fact, it would pretty much guarantee that we will bankrupt the economy, not just of the U.S., probably send the the economy of the world into a into a worldwide uh, depression, not recession. That's how dumb and that's how bad all of that would be. But that's where the Democrats want to take things again. No choice in private insurance, none whatsoever. Why not? Why can't we have a choice? Why do they think they know better than we know? What is it about Democrats that are so arrogant that they think that they have a right to provide every single solitary, you know, thing from the moment we're born to the moment we die, which we all know is unsustainable? Just Medicare for all. With You have no escape hatch. Estimates anywhere between 36 trillion over 10 years to more. That's two hundred and sixty thousand dollars per household in the U.S., Then you look for the Green New Deal. That's ninety four trillion dollars per household in the United States. How are we ever going to pay for this? Ninety four trillion six hundred thousand per household. All right. So none of none of what she's offering here is sustainable in any way. But they dig in and they act like they're right. And if you don't support them, then you must hate poor people. And of course, it's going to be tax the rich. So we got the Green New Deal, Medicare for all, no escape patch, no private plans. I guess they will become illegal. Everything's going to be guaranteed. We're going to have child care paid for, pre-K paid for, income inequality, wealth tax. Okay, top marginal rate, 70%, top marginal corporate rate, 90%. Nobody's going to stay in this country. They're going to take their money and get the hell out of here. And then we have child care. Then we have pre-care. Then we have health care. Then we have retirement. She even is talking about housing for free. Okay, how do you sustain any of what these Democrats are offering? Why can't we have private insurance for all? I thought I thought I thought Democrats were pro-choice. Apparently not. She co-sponsored Medicare for all legislation that would eliminate private insurance. She previously didn't clarify whether she supported abolishing it, but she did there. She has on many other occasions. She supports requiring every American to have health insurance. She's requiring, you know, climate change over three trillion dollars, three trillion dollars. Remember, that also gets rid of oil and gas. All right. What happens then? All right, a lot to get to. Jim Jordan at the top of the hour. All the new developments on the deep state. You'll meet Andy Pollack. He lost his beautiful daughter, Meadow Pollack. Why Meadow died? This was in the uh, Nicholas Cruz shooting, Parkland shooting. He'll tell us what he thinks and why the media doesn't want to hear his story. The Scooby just talked about. Have you been asked to testify uh, by the chairman, uh, by Chairman Cummings or Chairman Nadler about the the Comey IG report you released three weeks ago? Um, No, I'm not. Have you been approached at all by the the chairman of those respective committees? Personally, I have not. I can check with anybody else in my organization, but I'm not aware of any. They've been, they've been asked you about it? Oh, I'm sure they've asked about it. But they, I'm I mean, sorry, ask, about, about, scheduling you, ask about, about you testifying and answering questions about that specific report. About a hearing, I don't no believe hearing. there have been discussions. Have you had any discussions with Chairman Cummings or Chairman Nadler about the upcoming FISA report, particularly subsequent to this letter, or even before this letter, um, about the FISA report when you might testify in front of either committee? 
Um, we haven't had, to my knowledge, discussions about um, testimony or, or a hearing. No, why would we have any discussions, discussions about uh, a testimony or a hearing? Well, that's the IG, Michael Horowitz. That's the guy that has now finished his report. It's been a long time in the making. Jeff Sessions appointed him to do this a long time ago. And uh, we're finally now know it's finished. It's been handed over to the DOJ. It is now being vetted in terms of many, if there's anything that needs to be removed uh, in terms of information that might be put out that would be harmful. Um, I'm a little concerned that the FBI director, the current director, uh, Ray, is now possibly looking for redactions on his side because I have not found him particularly helpful up to this point. Here's what else we got out of Horowitz's testimony yesterday. He told Congress that he referred the disgraced ex-FBI director Jim Comey for criminal prosecution earlier this year after concluding he did leak sensitive materials to a friend. He said we are required by the Inspector General Act to send information that we have identified that could plausibly be criminal to the Department of Justice, confirming what amounted to a criminal referral. Now, they say it's a referral, but that's what it is. Testifying before the House Oversight and Reform Committee, the Justice Department watchdog said Comey's behavior was beyond concerning. Words like alarming were used. Um, and our concerns, quote, of empowering FBI directors with the authority to decide that they are not going to follow established norms and procedures because, in their view, they've made a judgment that the individuals they are dealing with cannot be trusted. When asked if Comey's holding the highest position in the bureau added to his concern, the inspector general confirmed it had. This is now the second time the inspector general has written scathing reports on Mr. Super Patriot Jim Comey. Congresswoman Jody Heiss, Georgia Republican, said Horowitz's revelation of the criminal referral of Mr. Comey was monumental. Mark Meadows, North Carolina, asked Horowitz if he would look into allegations that Comey lied during his 2017 Senate testimony. Meadows said he believes there were numerous times when the ex-FBI director's testimony did not match revelations included in the Inspector General report. Well, Mr. Horowitz agreed to investigate whether Comey lied to Congress. That, too, is a big deal. Now, it's certainly appropriate for us to get a referral about that employee of the department, and then we would assess it. When asked if he knew of another FBI director referred for criminal prosecution, Mr. Horowitz said he did not. Anyway, joining us now uh, on this and much more is Congressman Jim Jordan, now former. Well, I guess you got fired recently. You're now no longer the head of the Freedom Caucus. As I see, our friend Andy Biggs has taken over for you. And after you, well, I guess you were involved in a coup removing Mark Meadows in North Carolina. <laughs> No coup involved. And, and I think we said this on your show before. Good to be with you, Sean. We've said this on your show before. Uh, you're the you're one of the honorary members of the House Freedom. Party. I am. We, I'm, uh, I'm, we, oh, by the way, that that that's good for a, a highlight. Hannity honor admits he's an honorary member of the Freedom Caucus. <laughs> Details at yeah. 11. Um, <laughs> you know, so Comey's kind of duck dodged and avoided. Here's yeah. what we know as facts. And if anything that I'm about to say is not a fact, tell me. Is it or is it not true that James Comey was warned 
at least three specific times, he and all the upper echelon of the DOJ and FBI, that Christopher Steele's document uh, dossier was unverified, that Hillary paid for it, and that he had a political agenda. I know of three times. My sources say there may be as many as five times. And it, and Sean, remember who told him that? It wasn't just anybody. It was Bruce Orr conveyed to the FBI that this guy you're getting information from, the guy I'm meeting with, this Christopher Steele guy, he's got real problems. He's got a deep bias against the president, so much so that he said he was desperate for Trump not to win. So, yeah, yeah, of course they were on, on notice of that fact. Okay, is it also true, according to the Nunes report, the Grassley-Graham memo, that the bulk of information in the FISA application was the unverified Hillary bought and paid for dirty Russian dossier that finally the New York Times acknowledges was likely Russian misinformation from the get-go or disinformation? Yeah, yes. the bulk of evidence. They All right. led with it. They and isn't it, it. We, that's a fact, correct? That's not, yep. a, yep. this is now, this is now on the record, incontrovertible. There's no ambiguity. All right. Next question. Is it also true? The former deputy FBI director McCabe said without the dirty Russian dossier, the Russian disinformation from the get go, uh, there would be no FISA warrant issued to Carter Page, which backdoored the, the, the spying into all things, Trump campaign transition and presidency. Yes, but for the dossier, they don't get the warrant. That was buttressed by another employee at the Justice Department who said it was a 50-50 call if we could get it without the dossier. So yes, and it was reinforced by another person at the FBI as well. Was there ever, ever an attempt before this October 2016 dossier to get, uh, or FISA application to get a similar warrant on, on Carter Page? That I don't know. What I do know is, Two American citizens associated with the presidential campaign were spied on by our FBI. And the one we're talking about, the dossier was the basis to go get that warrant to spy on Carter Page. And Horowitz yesterday, as I look at all of this, seemingly agrees that Comey tried to deceive President-elect Trump during the now infamous 2017 meeting at Trump Tower when he was president-elect by saying the dossier was salacious but unverified, the opposite of what he said in October 2016. And then when he renewed the FISA application and signed three of the four. Yeah, well, right. Witnesses interviewed by the OIG, by the inspector general, discussed Trump's potential responses at that meeting to being told about the salacious dossier, including this is important language, including that Trump might make statements about or provide information of value to the pending Russia interference investigation. So they go up there to that meeting and they're trying to set up the president, get information from the president about investigation while they're telling the president you're not under investigation. That's from our that's from the head of the FBI. No wonder Jim Comey did a referral on this guy. So while also I mean, he was telling the president-elect in January of 2017, after he signed a yep. FISA application, using the dirty dossier as the bulk of information, uh, the dirty, no dossier, no FISA warrant, that telling yep. the president-elect that he was not a, the subject of an investigation and saying it was unverified, the opposite of what he testified both before in his application for FISA a warrant, he, he signed a warrant that said it was verified. Then he talks to Trump and says it's unverified. Then he signs a renewal application twice that says it's verified, correct? That's right. So Jim Comey is a liar. 
Well, but Sean, Jim Comey is the guy responsible for what our country has had to live through now for over two years. Think about it. He's the guy who starts the investigation in July of 2016. He's the guy who puts Peter Strzok in charge, the guy who was out to stop Trump. He said that in a text message. He's the guy who, as you just described, used, allowed the dossier to be used to get a warrant to spy on a fellow American citizen. He's the guy who leaks the memos to get Bob Mueller appointed special counsel. And now this important thing, he's the guy who goes up there to Trump Tower on January 6th and tries to trap the president. And we know he's trying to trap him because witnesses said so, and Michael Horowitz reported it. And when Jim Comey leaves that meeting, he walks right out gets in the car and immediately starts typing, memorializing the conversation with the president-elect of the United States so that they have that information right then on a secure laptop. This guy, Jim Comey, it's no wonder Michael Horowitz said and referred him to the Justice Department for prosecution. All right. Now let's talk about what we think the outcome of all of this is. What do you think the outcome is? Where, In other words, Jim Comey's dodged a bullet twice here. Does he are we does he get away with what we now have established as premeditated? He was warned fraud on a court because we now know the dossier was unverifiable. And when the FBI finally checked themselves, what did they find out? They said the same exact thing, didn't they? They said that, yep, yeah, yep. no, we can prove 90 plus percent of this isn't true, which means none of it was true. Yeah, correct. So look. You, you know, you know what, what that that Bill Barr has tasked John Durham to look into all this. All I will, all I know is this: Michael Horowitz has done an outstanding job in every single report we've received from him. Michael Horowitz gave the same referral for Jim Comey that last year he gave for Andy McCabe. We know what's happening with Andy McCabe. We will see what happens ultimately with Jim Comey. We got two more reports coming. We got the report coming from Mr. Horowitz on the broader FISA issue, which we've talked about here some. And then, of course, we have the final investigation that's being done by John Durham, U.S. attorney from Connecticut, at the request of Attorney General Bill Barr. So we will have to see. All I know is the good work Horowitz has done, and he gave the exact same referral for Jim Comey that last year he gave on his report about the Clinton investigation that he gave for Andy McCabe. So we'll have to wait and see. All right. So we're going to get this report. Now, I understand it's complete. Tell me the process. And are you as concerned as I am that that the FBI director now, Ray, has seen, shown no interest seemingly to clean up the greatest, the best, the premier law enforcement agency in the entire world. Why? Well, look, I have I have confidence in Bill Barr and Bill Barr is the attorney general. Bill Barr runs the Justice Department and Bill Barr has indicated he's going to get to the bottom of this. Bill Barr says he wants to we know he wants to err on the side of transparency when it comes to what's classified, what isn't. So Mr. Horowitz has given the report to the attorney general. They're they are going through the classification process and the declassification process. We will see what we ultimately get. I think we just have to, unfortunately, and I know this is this is taking a long time, this whole thing. We just got to let this process play out. But the attorney general wants to get this information to the American people as quickly as he possibly can. And he wants to do it in the most transparent fashion that he possibly can as well. All right. Let's talk now about what what the next steps in all of this are. How do you see this unfolding? And, and everyone keeps asking me, well, when is we going to see something? When is this going to come out? When is this going to happen? You know, do you really believe Jim Jordan that they are going to hold their own to the same standards that you and I would be held at? I do. I do. Uh, I mean, like I said, I've, I've been very impressed with the work of the attorney general. I'll tell you what I am concerned about there, Sean. I'm concerned about the fact that the Democrat chairman of the, of the respective committees that have jurisdiction, the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee, they don't even want to have a hearing on this. 
Because remember, mm-hmm. we, the, the, the legislative branch, we can't put anyone in jail. All we can do is get the truth out for, for you and the media and those American, uh, across the country, the American people. If they don't go, they're not going to have hearings so we can ask the questions. I actually think Mr. Horowitz is sort of surprised that no one has contacted him from the, the chairman's offices about his report from three weeks ago on Mr. Comey and the leaks issue. Because I've asked Mr. Nadler in open hearings, and his response to me is, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Because Mr. Nadler's too busy focused on throwing sub- subpoenas on, on Corey Lewandowski and trying to impeach the president of the United States. He can't do the work. At, at what it, point, Jim Jordan, report. does somebody say that this is nothing but harassment? In other words, Corey's been before the committee twice, before the Senate committee, 15 hours before Mueller. You know, yep. if he gets one yep. little, you know, they're already talking about holding him in contempt. And I'm thinking, why would you even ever say another word to these people? Because it's a perjury trap. And if you if you say one itsy bitsy thing that is not the same as what you said in any of the other 400 hours you testified, no. they're going to claim perjury, perjury. Why would anyone testify? Shouldn't at this point, no. I think everybody should plead the fifth. No, you're 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 right. Uh, I will tell you though, I thought I thought uh, Corey did an outstanding job in front of the committee uh, earlier this week. He did. Week. Now, then, because um, they embarrassed them, now they want to hold. Now they want to drag him back and say, "Oh, this was uh, contempt of Congress," or something. They're just dying to nail this guy for showing up and talking to them. No, you're 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 right, and that the contempt uh, idea is just ridiculous. Um, no. and and look, he tested, like you said, hours and hours on on four different occasions. And this is and now he was harassment. To come in voluntarily for this too, and they he was willing to come in voluntarily to, in front of the committee, and they just said, nope, we're going to hit with a subpoena anyway. So that is unfortunately just how Mr. Nadler is operating this committee. And this yeah, is it's just like if they would have told Paul Manafort's lawyer or Roger Stone's lawyer, uh, hey, yeah. can you have your guy surrender at X time at X place? They would have been there. Yeah, of course. Right. Of Jim, course they would have. All right, Jim Jordan. We're hoping to get this information sooner than later. Thank you. So I know a lot of you saying, you know, why do we have to wait? Well, I, I, you know, if it was on my timetable, you know, well, it would be easy. We just go with what Hannity says, but that's not the way it works. The amazing thing is, it's taken on any of these stories. It won't be the same with the 2016 vetting. I mean, I've got a dossier on every potential 2020 candidate we've been building it why because we know the media won't do their job so we might as well get ahead of the curve and just like in 2016 and just like in 2012 and just like in 2008 and seven you know we had to do the media's job because they won't do it their agenda trumps every single other thing well that's a big problem Anyway, when we come back, um, you're going to meet Andy Pollack. He lost his daughter, Meadow, in the Parkland shooting. He has a lot of thoughts and explains in detail how Nicholas Cruz was screaming he's going to do something like this. Met that Why Meadow died, his daughter, the people, the politics that created the Parkland shooter and endanger American students. Next. 25 now until the top of the hour. Andy Pollack is with us. We're going to introduce him in a second. I don't know how. Parents, when they go through this, survive what he's gone through. He literally his daughter, Meadow, was murdered by Nicholas Cruz. Remember the Parkland school shooting, Broward County, Florida. This is in 2018. And well, we know that Pollock is now the author of a brand new book, Why Meadow Died. The people, the policies that created the Parkland shooter and endanger America's students, America's students. There's been a lot of debate about this. And, you know, I have now said for a long period of time, I mean, we're in the middle of these shootings sometimes and people are like, 
coming out and politicizing the things. And I actually have had, I think, late night people have made fun of me. I know some people have. It's gotten back to me, but I just don't care. Because if we want to keep every student safe, I think I've come up with some idea. And that is I would like to surround the perimeter of every single solitary school in America. And I'd like to take retired military and retired police. I'd like to also have kids. We have to go through it at the airport. What's the difference? Go through a metal detector to get into school. But if you secured the perimeter and you also had a retired policeman, a retired uh, law enforcement professional, military guy on the hall in the hallway of every school, I think it's possible to make sure that this never happens again. The idea should be to protect our kids. Now, why do I use that as my solution? Well, Hollywood stars, they can afford armed security and they have it. Most of them. The same as it goes for politicians. I had uh, Comrade de Blasio in my TV studio and I said, well, you got I just met five great NYPD, New York's finest. And they're there to guard you as you come into this building and you're protected by people with guns. Does every New Yorker have the right to secure their home with a firearm? His answer. Every New Yorker has a right to be safe. I reiterate the question. I'm not asking you if they have a right to be safe. I'm asking, do they have the same rights as you? Anyway, Meadows' father um, has now written a book about all of this. Andy Pollack is his name. Why Meadow Died. The people and policies that created the Parkland shooter and endanger America's students. Andy, thank you for being with us. Uh, I've watched you in other interviews. I've been stunned and amazed at the powerful arguments that you make. Um, I think coming from anybody that has experienced the never ending, I'm sure, pain of losing a child in one of these big events that we cover has got to be the most brutal experience of your life. I doubt it's anything you fully ever overcome. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thanks. For sh- thanks, Sean, for having me. But, and, and I listened to you, what you were saying. You asked, how could I do it? Because it, it's so hard. And I'm going to tell you how I do it every day. I love my daughter more than anything, Sean. And there's nothing that could stop me from holding people accountable and, and, and honoring her. You know what I mean? That's what gives me the strength, the love that I have for her and making sure that everyone that dropped the ball that day, anyone that had a hand in it, any policy that, that led to it, uh, I'm going to hold them accountable. And, and, and I had to put it in a book because if we look at, like you said, what happens after a mass shooting, when they politicize it, they politicized the mass shooting. I wasn't even done with the funeral. And they were, and they were already on the, the bandwagon of pushing their agenda. And that's what led me to uncover everything. And if it would have been a gun control agenda, Sean, I'd be here talking to you about gun control. I'm not into politics. You know, now I am because it just forced me into it. But I have no agenda except to honor my daughter and tell the truth. And that's what I did. And that's what this book, Why Meadow Died, is. It's the truth for parents to look at and see what happened in Parkland. Because you mentioned securing schools, which is important. That's a part of it. You know, security is done in layers. But the big part of it is these discipline policies, these lax discipline discipline policies that have infiltrated across the country that uh, Democrats don't want to talk about it. You know, uh, look, just for instance, for families to look at California, Gavin Newsom just signed into law that it's illegal to suspend 
disruptive kids. They don't learn anything. That's the policy that got my daughter murdered, Sean. I want to go through this in in great specificity and detail, because when we got to the bottom of Nicholas Cruz, who committed this slaughter of 17 people, and including your daughter, the fact that he was a, a mass murderer didn't surprise people, but rather the fact that he had attended the school. And I'm thinking, all right, so here's a kid that we have identified as being extraordinarily troubled. And here's a kid that shows up and probably if I don't know what you think of my idea, but for those law enforcement retired, those military retired, if they would commit themselves to 15 hours a week, I would say all state, local, federal taxes that they live tax free wouldn't even cost us a dime. And I bet you sure, they'd they line up to protect free. our kids at schools. They do it for free, these guys. I get they would. calls that they, you know, remember they, the auxiliary police they used to have? I think they probably still have it. Right. Where is that? I got I got veterans that want to go and protect our schools, uh, and, and I hear from them all the time. But these bureaucrats, a bunch of them, aren't, aren't for that. So, our politicians that, are player. protected. Hollywood stars are protected. Now, all of a sudden, you talk about doing the same thing at schools after we've had enough of these shootings now. And I don't believe the answer. Like, for example, if you look at the shooting in Dayton or the shooting in El Paso, we need more gun control. We need more background checks. Well, they pass the background checks. That's not yes. the answer. Now, and Beto Bozo is now saying, well, we need to take people's guns away. That's not the answer either. No, it's not the answer, because uh, if you look into these policies that I talk about, like he, the Dayton shooter, you brought it up, he threatened people's lives, wasn't arrested when he did that. He had a rape list, wasn't arrested, and they all knew he was going to be the shooter, never arrested. What good is a background check if they don't arrest criminals when they threaten people's lives? Right? And the same with my daughter's murderer. Background checks don't work if they don't enforce laws when people threaten, uh, you know, the community. So that's what it's about. That's why background checks won't work. Beto O'Rourke spews out that he's going to confiscate AK-47s, semi-automatic rifles. But in his home state, Sean, how how such a hypocrite he is. After my daughter's murder, there was a shooting in uh, Santa Fe, a school shooting. Ten people lost their lives. He, they used a shotgun and a pistol in his state. And so he doesn't care about those victims because it wasn't an assault rifle that they call it. So they're, they're, very, they're hypocrites. They're, they're not looking to solve anything with the, these solutions. There's no. If you, if you have evil in their heart, I, I don't know if you know this, but many years ago on, on TV and radio, I've talked about it. Sadly, you can go on the Internet. They actually have for sale something called the anarchist cookbook in the cookbook they teach you how to make a bomb with you know materials you can get at your local hardware store and yeah uh my attitude is if they if they don't have a rifle they'll get you know 12 pistols they'll carry in that are ready loaded and and ready to aim and shoot and even the best police force you know the best response time by the time they get to the floor where the shooting's going on at five minutes would be record time so it's over by then is average Correct. So that's why also in Florida, what we did uh, after my daughter's murder, we got a bill passed that enables now uh, teachers or anyone that works at the school to voluntarily go through a program uh, to be able to be trained to work at the schools. That's another layer that would be important uh, for parents to look into. Uh, Are there teachers allowed to volunteer and go through this program and carry a firearm? I'm all for it. The media, most of the media wants them to make, make it out to be like 
they go to training on Friday and Monday they're carrying. But in Florida, it's 150 hours. It's very intense. And, and a lot of districts are, are, are following with it, are going through with it, but not Broward where my daughter uh, was murdered. They're, they still can't figure out that program. And, and I want uh, parents to... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go, no, no, no. You want parents to what? I want parents to actually like, you know, when I first, when this first happened to me, Sean, I was like, damn, this is like the, it's, there's nothing, I can't even tell you how bad it is to lose a child. There, there's nothing on this planet that could explain it in words. And I live with it every day. It's like the, my life will never be like it was. So I wanted to be the last father to experience a, a, a child that got killed in a school. But and then and then Santa Fe happened where 10 kids were killed. And then there was one in Charlotte and then there was one in Colorado. And I couldn't accomplish that uh, achievement to, to be the last father. And it hurt. You know, it really hurt me. So now my with this book is my message to parents is I want to be the last father that could honestly say I didn't know what was going on in these schools. OK, now, parents, you have no excuse but to read the my book, Why Meadow Died. You could see all the policies, and now you could, and you could look and see at your child's school if these things, if it's going on there, because most likely it's going on in thousands of schools. And like I didn't know, could you believe it, Sean? They had to, they frisked my daughter's murderer every day before school. He wasn't allowed in with a backpack. He used to yell, "He wants to kill," and they allowed this kid in into the school. He was infatuated with guns. Uh, he was like when they when they spoke about the Civil War, he wanted to know about people dying and the blood. OK, all these things. And then the school district, they don't want to tell families this, but they put him in JROTC in high school and gave him an assault, uh, an air assault gun and taught him how to shoot. And this is what I had to find out. So, parents, I, I, I'm telling you, you got to read this. It's like a manual to be able to compare what's going what happened in parkland because mainstream media sean if people don't only the only parents that are going to know about this book are, are ones that watch fox news because no one else would have me on when i was in new york or dc uh nobody no other on. person would put you on no nobody else would put not, you on i tried sean you know what i mean i tried cnn canceled me abc they did a video i i, I wasted my time cbs used me a, with a hit piece because I mentioned March, March for Our Lives, they tried to throw me under the bus with another father. And I, I just wanted to get the message out. So now it's like, you know, pa the only parents that are going to know the truth are the ones uh, that watch Fox or, or listen to Sean Hannity. You know, I and, watched and, and you. It's terrible. I, I'm reading the book and I see you, you lay out chapter and verse. I mean, Nicholas screaming out to everybody that knew that he was going to do something like this. There's no ambiguity. I mean, not one sign, not two. I mean, you chronicle one after another, after another, after another, after another. And they it wasn't even allowed on the campus at this point. Checking the backpack is what it devolved into. The incidents of throwing chairs and saying, I'm going to kill people. Here's my question. How have the other parents, I don't know if you're friendly with them. I would assume you might be with some of them. How have they reacted to it? Oh, they, every parent takes a different approach, you know, and the way I look at it is I can't be critic. I can't criticize a parent that. No, I never would either. You Under know, no I, circumstances. Saying, so I give everyone a pass. I feel for them. Uh, some have put their efforts in different areas. My effort is in school safety and accountability. And and that's what it's about for me. And and this book, too, lays it all out. But, you know, background checks, they talk about it. 
background checks, parents, they aren't going to work if they don't arrest these kids. Uh, one of the platforms, uh, Beto even mentioned it in his debate the other night, uh, that they're going to stop suspending children. That's, that's a platform that they want. Uh, you know, the president gets no credit, Sean. I met with the president. Uh, he opened up a school, a federal school safety commission where they worked on it for 10 months. Uh, the boss was on it. Uh, DHS uh, Secretary Kirsten uh, was on it, and they came up with over 100 recommendations for school safety, which he didn't get any credit for. And the one that made the most uh, sense for me that he did, that he did because they looked into it, was he ended those Obama-era policies, uh, that of mm-hmm. these leniency policies that are in the schools. And w- what does Joe Biden have on his, on his website? He wants to, he, the, our president, Trump rescinded it. Biden wants to bring it back. If he becomes yep. president and this is a platform, it's terrible. They're going to ruin well, the public school systems. I want everybody to read your book. And it's very sad to me because I think every parent can identify, at least on some level. I don't think anybody could ever really know unless you live through it. But I want everybody to to understand the pain you go through and you see all the signs were missed. And, oh, and that's the case, which is that's often the case. And uh, I just want you to know, um, I would like to protect every child like you would. And people have laughed yes. at my idea of retired military police surrounding the perimeter and somebody on every hall. In other words, basically give kids what we give every politician and what every Hollywood star can afford. But I think if we don't learn from the death of Meadow, everything that you have laid out here, then we at some point as a society, there's culpability on our part. But I want to wish you the best. The book is called Why Meadow Died. The people, the politics that created the, the Parkland shooter and endangered American students are many prayers, love, support for you and your family. Andy Pollack, I uh, hope you come back. And uh, I, I, I wish you the best. I know what you're doing is hard, but I commend you for the courage to tell everybody so you can prevent others from suffering what you've suffered. Thanks so much, Sean. And that's what it's about. Uh, parents that really... Take a look at this book and don't put your child in an environment that that I happen to do not knowing. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Andy Pollack, thank you. All right, Hannity, tonight at 9, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. Huge discovery. He will break it on Hannity. Jim Jordan also. Uh, We have the latest. We're going to break down who is Elizabeth Warren. Okay, she's getting the crowds. Drudge Report, it's hers to lose. What does that mean? Well, Lawrence Jones went on the streets of New York during the rally the other day, and we've got some exclusive tape and more. 9 Eastern tonight on Hannity. As always, thank you for being with us. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow.